Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's message comes from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 20. It's Paul's secret message. But first, the Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir. Preach it with the power of God on it. And let somebody that listens to it get saved. And we'll thank you for it. We'll give you the honor and glory and praise for it. For it's in Jesus' sweet name we ask this. Amen. And amen. Paul's spiritual secret. Acts chapter 9 verse 6 says, And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what would I have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And this is Paul in Acts chapter 9. He was fixed to be told what to do and how to do what to do. And that's what we need to listen to. We really need to respond to the gospel. We need to know what God wants us to do. And whenever we we respond to the gospel. We need to thank God that we can do it. In Acts chapter 9, verse 6, I'm going to pick up the reading in verse about 1 in this chapter 9. Saul, yet breathing out, threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that it be found any of these this way. Whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling, and as his turn is said, Lord, what would you do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. 
and the man was journeyed with him, stood speechless, hearing the voice, but he said no man. Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he, he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias, said unto him, said the Lord in a vision, and said to him, said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Oh, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tulsa. For behold, he prayed, and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I am, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call, that call on the name. And the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16 on the line, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into this house and put his hands on him and and said, on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared to thee in the way as thou came it, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight so forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were in the mat at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. Boy, I want to tell you something. Paul got filled up with the gospel that day. God was speaking to his heart. So Paul's greatest among Christians of all ages. What was his secret? Was it love for the Word, or righteousness, or hatred for unrighteousness? Was it his education, perf personality, his ability, or abundance of labors? None of these. It was submission. Number one, submission to a person. Lord, what would they have me to do? What he said. He asked Jesus. Had been breathing and out threatening, voice came from heaven. Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Then beautiful submission. Paul got submission under God. He was going to do what God asked him to do. Secondly, submission to a plan. Lord, what would they have me to do? He asked the Lord, what would they have me to do? God spoke to Ananias too. When things cleared up, for Paul, then straightway he preached Christ and he said to God, said, He is the Son of God. Well, you don't get no better than that. Paul began to preach. Before he was persecuting Christians, putting them in jail, killing them and stuff. But now God knocked him down on the way to Damascus. And he got saved. 
got filled with the power of God. Now he's uh, he's uh, preaching, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. What would I have him do, Lord? God spoke to Ananias to it. Straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues. He is the Son of God. Number one, when the Holy Spirit called for missionary workers, there was no debating but obedience. When God calls a man, brother, you can be disobedient sometime. It won't take long God whip you in line. And we know he'll take you. Secondly, when plan called for Paul to suffer, he was ready to Philippi, he wrote, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made comfortable unto this, his death. Philippians 3.10, he was ready. When called on to lose reputation, hear him in 1 Corinthians 4, 9-10. We are made a spectacle to the world and to angels and to men we're fools for Christ's sake. And that's what you need to be a fool for Christ's sake. You need to fall in love with Jesus when you get saved and follow him and do whatever he asks you to do. He won't be, well, you can't do it because he'll give you the strength to do it. When I built the first church, I passed it for 14 years in Junction City, Arkansas, small town of 700 people. We were running 150, 200 people every service. Built two nice buildings, bought three acres of ground, and it was paid for. So I want to ask you this. They paid it off right after I left it. And what, what, I mean, when God calls you to do something, don't worry about it, you'll do it. God will take care of it. When called on to lose reputation, hear him in 1 Corinthians 4 9 unto the world, and that to angels and to me, we are fools. For Christ's sake, and that's what you need to be a fool for Christ's sake. And the fourth thing God's plan called for bearing burdens. I say truth in Christ, I lie not my conscience also, bearing witness me witness in the Holy Ghost. They have great heaviness and condemn sorrow in my heart. Romans nine, one to thirty three. I'm not gonna read all that, you can read it. I don't have time to read it all at the moment. But uh, Paul was ready. God's plan called for bearing burdens, and he was fixing to bear a lot of burdens on a lot of people. And that's what us preachers got to do sometimes, bear a lot of burdens. People don't understand what a pastor goes through. I've 14 years been in church. I've been cussed out, sent to hell, and everything else. Because some people didn't like my preaching. But I kept preaching, raised my kids, helped us in school. Didn't beat around the bush about it. We got stuff done. The church was on fire for God. They stayed on fire until they got a, a preacher that didn't witness, wasn't going to witness, didn't want to witness, didn't know how to witness. Third thing, a submission to a power. I can do all things. Boy, I like that. Bowing face of great odds. Didn't know so when I moved to Jump City, Arkansas. And within a year, everybody knew me around there, within 25 miles. I had one of my pastors college, Shreveport, Louisiana, Bible college over there I went to for a little while. 
to one of my old members in church. Stayed at his house one night, preached for me. He told me, he said, Brother Jackson, I'll never be able to run about 25, 30 people. He don't have the mentality to pass up a bunch of people. But you know what? God fooled him. I never asked him to come back. When that man told me he said that, I said, I can't believe that man said that about me. I left that college because the man that was teaching me, the preacher, was teaching me how to build a church. Never built a church in his life. His brother built the churches, and he worked on his brother. He had a big desk and sat back and helped his brother. And I want you to know, I just told him I didn't want to come back. I never didn't go back to that church. I was going to write over Major. They made us read the whole book of Acts and bring it to them in tapes, give it to them, and they was going to grade us. And then they wanted us to write something, theses on the book of Acts, what we thought of and something there. And when I got up, well, about 15 preacher boys was teaching and told them I wanted to write on the Holy Spirit. I didn't let me finish. They started laughing at me, and it upset me, made me mad. And then he got through laughing at preacher. Said, Brother Jack, that's a big subject. You'll never get through writing on that. And I said, well, you didn't let me really understand what I was going to write on. I tried to tell you, but you start laughing at me. And these idiots over here start laughing at me. I was going to write on the power of God. When God filled me with the power of God in the woods, when he called me to preach. But you don't know nothing about that, because I doubt if you feel with the power of God. These boys don't know nothing about it, these preacher boys, because they aren't setting on up other preachers, and they ain't doing nothing but sitting there. They don't even know how to win some people to Christ. So you laugh all you want, I'm going home, ain't coming back to this college. He hugged me after that and told me he was sorry, he laughed. He said, stay with us, we'll help you. I said, you ain't gonna help me. I said, you come to Junction City, Arkansas, and I'll show you how to build a church, because I'm building one. I've run it on it then. When I told him that, and I started running on 52 on every service, so I knew how to build a church. God built it for me. I didn't build it. I just let God use me. I could do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Power to overcome temptations, and I've overcome temptations. My, my wife, when we went to Pierre Park, wanted to leave there, come back home because the devil got a, got after her down there, and she never forgot it. Like to made her have a nervous breakdown. I found out about it a month later after we moved there. And I took my Bible on Saturday night. And she took the women to church, went to church, and was praying. And they had a little party. And I said, come back after dark. You can come back. I said, I'll take care of that. We live in a double-wide trailer house with a room or two built side of it. And the devil would come in through the wall. You could hear him come in. She's like it crashed through the wall. Walk up the trailer, uh, trailer house wall, um, hallway, and come up right behind me. And I had my Bible wide open. And I got up, I felt the air on my neck raised. And I got up from there and I turned my Bible towards him. And I said, Satan, get out of here, go back to hell where you belong. You scared my wife. But you ain't scared me. I know how to get rid of you. And I started quoting scripture and took that Bible with an open hands, open Bible, and walked him through that bedroom. When he went through that bedroom, he went through that wall, and I heard him crash through the wall again. 
Didn't put no holes in nothing in it, but I could hear him crash to it. I laid a Bible on that pillow wide open, and a Bible in every room that night. Went the next day to Baton Rouge and got Bible on tapes, played them 24-7. Never had a minute's trouble again. Out of sight now. Coming in there, my wife almost had a nervous breakdown. My own tell you something straight and strong, and he would try to get you, he tried to get it through, breaking my wife. But my wife didn't break as bad as some people would have broke. I know a lot of preachers' wives left when they was in the ministry because they couldn't take it no more. And mine stayed with me until she died. She hated she couldn't go to church. A year and a half before she passed, she got why she couldn't walk. She couldn't even take a bath. She couldn't get in and out of the tub already without help. Had to get help getting out of bed, in the bed, getting in a truck, out of the truck. My daughter moved in, help us out, help her. She took a lot of the pressure off of me, and I thank God for it. Power to sing at midnight in jail. <laughs> Paul, Paul, song in that jailhouse opened up, let the people out. Ain't that something? Midnight in jail to sing and praise the Lord. Proud to face the chopping axe. I'm ready to be offered. He was ready to be offered up. He knew where he was going. He wasn't worried about it. That's the main thing. If you know where you're going, you ain't going to worry about it. Dying him. Because if you're saved, you sure ain't going to hell. So you know where you're going. So you go to heaven. And it says that you might listen to this sermon. Take it to heart. And I hope it helps somebody that hears it. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself. <laughs>